Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello, thank you for joining us again for another episode of Moving Weight Class. I'm your host, Parker, and joining us in the left corner is Mark. Hey, and in the right corner, Punya. What's up? Which I guess would make me just kind of standing in the middle of the ring. But whatever, we, I digress. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about dumb, fun action movies. Which we really didn't define what we considered dumb, fun. I think we kind of left that up to our own interpretation. So there may be a movie on this list that you think is somewhat smart. There may be a movie that you think is utterly ridiculous and shouldn't ever be mentioned. But... I feel at least that dumb fun especially is very subjective. How do y'all feel about that? Um, Absolutely. I think like there are going to be certain action movies that are, you know, without a doubt, they aren't trying very hard. They know what they are. I mean, like, I don't think anyone working on San Andreas was like, oh, we're making the next fucking, uh, you know, whatever. We got the next Schindler's List on our hands, boys. Yeah. San Andreas. Like, there's got to be some modicum of (laughs) self-awareness there. But there are, you know, action movies that have a lot of thought and a lot of, you know, like, development behind them. But I think that a lot of it does come down to personal opinion. But I, I, I feel like, at least with mine, I kind of tried to lean into the stupid a little bit so i don't really think any of mine are up in the air but i i think that <laughs> could definitely happen <laughs> totally yeah like i was i was gonna say there's like such a big difference between like trying to be a serious action movie and then turning out dumb versus just always trying to be like a playful like fun action movie so i i feel like the ones that weren't trying to be fun are gonna be the more funny ones yeah i get that um and i guess something good to do to start this episode off um is to kind of talk about what we consider maybe a smarter action movie. That way we can kind of give a baseline um, for what we think are more dumb and kind of uh, dumb fun movies. Um, I know I just kind of put you all on the spot, so I can go ahead and give two examples real quick. Uh, I would say more kind of serious, straightforward action movies. Um, I would say the original John Wick before the series kind of got out of control and became a little bit more in the dumb fun. Mm -hmm. And the original Raid. Um, I think both of those movies take themselves incredibly seriously, and it works well within the story that they present. I don't think John Wick works nearly as well if it's not as gritty and violent and kind of uh, not taking itself entirely seriously, as opposed to some of the other movies on my list. Mm -hmm. I I agree 100%. And then, like, one that I really like that I think is a bit more, you know, good, relatively. uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but Hitman's Bodyguard um you know i never saw that you know it's it's nothing incredible samuel l jackson ryan reynolds but it's uh it's an enjoyable movie it doesn't take itself too seriously but it also kind of has this really interesting character dynamic between the two of them that is kind of the you know central point of the film and kind of elevates it a little bit above your your usual just uh action movie um just as another example isn't that movie getting a sequel i think it is i haven't heard that let me let me let me see I'm pretty sure it's getting a sequel. Um, what about you, Punya? What would you define as a more straightforward, serious action movie? I'm, I'm actually having a hard time thinking of one because I feel like most of the action movies that I watch are kind of more on the dumb fun side. So Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I, and I did just put you on the spot. So I wasn't <laughs> expecting anything right away. So it's like Die Hard, to go back to an old well, is that a dumb fun or is that an action movie with a little bit more thought and a little bit more soul, you know, in your opinion? I think it has a little bit more heart and soul because of the time and place it was made. You know, at the time, action movies were uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and these kind of beefed up muscular guys killing everyone in sight. And to have an actor like Bruce Willis in the starring role is a subversion of the typical tropes of the time. So I think that alone kind of makes it a little bit smarter of an action movie. What do you think, Punya? I think that's a great point. I see because I actually haven't seen Die Hard myself either. So yeah, I can't can't weigh in there. But from what I've seen about it, I don't seem it doesn't seem like it's excessive. And I feel like that's like a big like property of like dumb fun movies is that they're like they're trying to be way too much. And I, I don't get that impression from Die Hard just off the surface. 
And I yeah, no, I I just want to jump off what you said, Parker, about you know the Stallone and the Schwarzenegger. Is what's interesting is to me a lot of the more famous action movies, you know, from before 1995 or whatever random year you want to pick. It seems like for a while there, sci-fi action was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Alien, you have Predator, uh, stuff like that, where it's definitely, uh, I mean, a- the first a- Alien 2, more like, but... Um, yeah, Aliens. Yeah, Aliens. Uh, it seemed like that was kind of where action l- was, and that was, you know, during when Star Trek was big and sci-fi was just big in general, so it makes sense to kind of co-op that into it. But uh, maybe I'm incorrect, but I feel like the the more, you know, modern-day gunning uh you know secret agent action movies kind of came into vogue later with kind of mission impossible and stuff like that yeah i'd agree a hundred percent i think something that you also got to mention back in the day too is the terminator series yeah 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 Which, i think especially uh, t2 i mean that that to me is a perfect action film and i hope sometime at, at one point i'll be able to talk about it on on this episode or this show rather yeah uh y'all want to get into the picks yeah sure you mind if i go first yeah, knock it out the park. So what does every, every good movie need? A gimmick. Everyone loves gimmicks, okay? <laughs> they don't get old. They don't hurt your head. Everyone loves 3D. We're all really bummed 3D is gone. Um, what about smell-o-vision? Smell-o-vision, you know, the thing where you're like your chair shakes. Everyone loves it. There's nothing wrong with it. So how about, you know, you take a movie, like, let's say... The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog. What's everyone's favorite scene in the Desolation of Smog? The GoPro scene, where they're in a barrel, and it, you know, and you're like getting motion sickness because why did they put a GoPro scene in? Well, I was gonna say the credits. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't Continue. you take that GoPro scene and make a whole movie out of it? The thing Are is, Hardcore about- Henry is actually fucking awesome. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I love this movie. The entire movie is shot with a GoPro setup, a first person setup, because you know, it it's styled after a video game. So it's like you are this protagonist. Basically a broad overview of the plot, if you haven't seen it, is a uh Henry, hardcore Henry. He gets <laughs> resurrected with no memory and he has to save his wife from this evil guy with superpowers, basically. Throughout the movie, there's one character who's cloned, and he basically plays every other character. It's got some jokes. It's got some really, really well choreographed action that, you know, you see through this first person's perspective only. And uh, gimmicks in films suck because so often a gimmick can't carry a movie. But in this case, the gimmick not only carries the movie, but augments all of the good things about it, all the good choreography, all of, you know, the the feel of that cheesy video game B-movie action is all augmented by the gimmick in a way that pulls off spectacularly. And I think this movie is super underrated. Comes in with a budget of, I think, 20 million. And, wow. Um, two, uh, sorry, 2 million um oh, what <laughs> it, if you haven't seen it it's a fun fun watch you, should, you turn your brain off and you watch things shoot things and it's it's great it's really good um wow that's that's such a great pick i there's a couple things to mention about that movie first of all uh you mentioned the character who plays multiple characters within the film uh is acted by charlotte copley from district nine and a couple failed uh hollywood breakthrough attempts he got a really bad rap in hollywood man he got like the reverse christoph waltz where i think they're both very similar when you have a great director working with them they can give an excellent performance but when you just throw him into like the a-team reboot it's really not a great fit for him Mm -hmm. um and something else to mention about this uh this style and especially the director i remember the first time i ever saw this kind of style was from a youtube music video for the band The Biting Elbows, their song Bad Motherfucker, it's a five-minute video that is in the exact same style as Hardcore Henry. Um, so it, it's more or less like a prelude for Hardcore Henry. I highly recommend watching it. There is some very odd 2013-isms, uh, I guess. Uh, and You'll know what I'm talking about if you watch the video, but that, that's such a great pick. It, it really does kind of walk the line between being overly nauseous and just a a really fun ride. 
Yeah. See, I, I never actually checked it out because I couldn't tell if that movie was pure gimmick and if it had any kind of plot to go along with it. But you you feel like it does have like enough to kind of make it an interesting movie and not just like a visual like, oh, this is so cool. Well, in the same in the same way that you play, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, you're like, this campaign is fun, but, you know, this is not incredible writing. But it doesn't sure. matter because the ride is so good. You know, this, what are you talking about? No rushing? <laughs> That's just... <laughs> like, the, the this movie is not about the plot. This movie is about the choreography. This movie is about the cinematography. Um, mm -hmm. And the plot is there, and it doesn't hurt, but that's not the focus, and that's not why you watch the movie. Okay. And that's why that it's sense. perfect for a fun, dumb action movie. No, I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. The, totally. the sequence that... Uh, I think if I remember correctly, it happens on a bus is mm -hmm. absolutely exhilarating. Yeah. That's such a good moment. Damn, that's a great pick. Yeah. Bruno, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna say this one is maybe a little bit of a cheat because it's not 100% intended to be an action movie, but my other two picks will be more like what we we're expecting. So my pick okay. here is Tropic Thunder. Uh, Tropic Ooh. Thunder is uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It is a so because I, I was saying it's kind of like not fully an action movie. It's kind of also a comedy movie. I think uh, I mean it's it's got like this great comedy cast, just a great ensemble. Um, Jack Black, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., a uh, whole whole bunch of people. Um, really really funny. Just like it it takes you through this adventure, but it also still has plenty of like action movie elements to it. Uh, if you don't know about it too much, it's really about a group of actors like trying to make this uh, this like uh, war reenactment movie, uh, and they get stuck in Vietnam and in the jungles, and they have to kind of make their way out. Uh, and so it's like it's it's action movie oriented because it's about them making an action movie, but uh, the fun of it just comes from a kind of like playing on a lot of the action movie tropes in it, and also be just like seeing the characters being really funny together. Um, so I, yeah, I wasn't, I'm curious what you guys think about this as a pick for, for this genre. I think it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting pick. I'm kind of letting it, letting it simmer. Um, I think for me, I think the fact that it was, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, you're all good. Um, Go ahead. I think the fact that it's lightweight, I'm okay with it a little more. If you try to pass this off as a middleweight, I'd right. argue it's more of a comedy than an action movie. Yeah. and Which it is. There's no question about that. Yeah. And that's why I picked it as a lightweight too, is because I had a hard time thinking of an actual lightweight, dumb, fun action movie. Because I feel like dumb, fun action movies, a big like characteristic of it is you need big, big production value. Um, so I, so this one was kind of like a halfway one, which is why I picked it for lightweight. I, I love this movie is awesome. Um, you know, Ben Stiller, I believe is the, either the director or the writer on top of being He's the, the star. He's the writer. Um, him and Justin Thoreau. Yeah. And mm. what's interesting about this movie is it's loosely a parody of heart of darkness, which is the documentary about making apocalypse now. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's relatively loosely like a parody of that entire situation where, you know, they got stuck in the jungle basically while they were filming the movie and all this nonsense happened. Um, one of the best documentaries of all time. It's like one of the best documentaries slash even movies. Like I love yeah, it's, it's it, incredible. Heart of Darkness is fantastic. Um, I think this is a really interesting stretch pick Punya, but I don't yeah. know if I can support it. Totally. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah. I'd like, like I said, I wasn't hundred percent sure about it either. I just think that the action sequences within it are kind of few and far between. You have the raid on the village at the end. Right. Um, and you have the scene that they're shooting at the beginning with the helicopters in the Exactly, palm. yeah. That's, that's another one I was thinking. Um, stuff with the the panda and like Ben Stiller kind of being like trapped in the in the woods. The panda. It's like it's like yeah they they like go into kind of actiony stuff, but while still being funny about it. I guess yeah, I, I think I think I just have to qualify this more as a comedy than an action. I totally. I yeah. don't really. I I don't know if I would ever outside of the context of this show ever think of Tropic Thunder as an action movie. I agree. Like, if you ask someone, hey, you want to watch an action movie? And they say, yeah, and you put on Tropic Thunder, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. It'd be like, yeah, I now guess, if, yeah. <laughs> if, if we're doing, like, action comedy, I think this is an amazing pick. True. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. I do get your justification of dumb fun kind of lending into the comedy, though. I think that's a really interesting... Because I, I kind of stayed away from the comedy. I think I more went with unintentional comedy for mine. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and to, to that point, too, it's, like, kind of... I viewed part of, like 
the, you'd get some comedy out of it being like over the top action like that um scene where they blow up the whole jungle in the beginning um or mm-hmm. you know danny danny mcbride hits the things and uh it just what goes kind crazy. of farmer are you or, yeah. i'm a lead farmer yeah robert, robert downey jr pulling the guns out is pretty fucking awesome in an action it's a great sense moment. as well I, the more i think about it the more action scenes there are and like yeah. I'm kind of warming on it, but this is this totally just came out of left field for me, and I'm like kind of trying. Yeah, fair enough. We also you you can't talk about this movie without talking about Tom Cruise. Yes, baby. Oh my god. Yeah, I didn't. He I, is I, the I did single not realize, funniest part of this movie. I didn't realize until the credits, and and it said starring Tom Cruise. I was like, are you fucking serious? I <laughs> think he like danced. He dances. So yeah. that was the whole thing. Is <laughs> to, they to they wanted to get ludicrous. they wanted to get Tom Cruise to do it, and he said, okay, I'll do it if I can have fat hands and I can dance. Were his literally? <laughs> that's what he said. Those were his two qualifiers <laughs> for being in the movie. So like that's, that's a Tom Cruise like creation basically is that aspect of the character that's so memorable which I oh, think is man. really what's cool. What's his line? What's his line in the movie? It's like I want you to step back and huh? literally fuck, fuck yourself your own, yeah, in the face. Fuck your own face. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh man, that movie is so funny. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. Him that. and him and Bill Hader together in that movie are oh, both. Oh yeah, fantastic. I forgot he's in that. Yeah. 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 No, there's a lot of like, oh that guy, Steve yeah. Keegan, Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. Jay Baruchel, like yeah, there's a lot of yeah. black guys in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really interesting pick. I gotta I gotta think about that a little yeah. bit cool. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally get it if that's like not qualifiable for this one. Let it marinate a bit. What you got, Parker? Yeah, let it simmer. Um, I, I was kind of with y'all. I I found a little bit harder to find a lightweight this week. Um, so I went with more of an unconventional pick. I think for the action movie, which was a straight to streaming action movie. Um, so for mine, I'm going to go with 2020's Extraction on Netflix. Uh, did y'all see this movie? I have not even heard of this movie. No, me neither. Okay, so Extraction stars Chris Hemsworth, Brian Le- Byron Lee. <laughs> I have no idea how to say these people's names. So I'm just going to say it's Chris Hemsworth. You're watching this movie for Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> it's uh, written by Joe Russo of the Russo Brothers and directed by uh, a guy named Sam Hargrave. And this movie is about a black market merc who's hired to rescue a kidnapped son of an international drug lord. And that's it. The movie literally just follows him going into enemy territory to ca- uh, capture this kidnapped kid back. And man, it, it's one of those movies, it reminds me very heavily of the original John Wick because it really does feel like this is a stunt coordinator's first opportunity at directing a film, um, which comes with good and bad sides to it. I, the action in this movie is unbelievable. It's lights out. It's very similar to that kind of gun fu that uh, John Wick perfects. What's really interesting about this movie, especially, is halfway through, it has an amazing oneer that I think is a good like eight or nine minutes. So the that car chase where they're it's on the, the car chase. I've seen the behind the scenes actually. Yeah, uh, they strap yeah. the director to the front of the car, and there's a scene where they crash the car that he is on into another car, and he like flips his legs up, but somehow doesn't get his legs in the shot. It's unbelievable. Um, and that that sequence alone, I think, is worth watching the movie for. Some qualifiers before uh, <laughs> watching this movie. There is no story. Don't care about the story. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. <laughs> Who's this Chris Hemsworth character? What's his deal? Who cares? He's going to kill people. You're going to have fun. Turn your brain off. Watch the movie. So um, let me budget ask was about, you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, how does a Chris Hemsworth vehicle end up as a lightweight? But let's hear the budget. Hmm. It was $65 million. Um, I think it was a lightweight because Chris Hemsworth is the only known actor in the film. Um, it had a little bit more of a diverse cast being set, I believe, it's somewhere in the Middle East or like Northern Africa. I can't remember exactly where the film is set in. Um, but really, I would imagine the majority of the budget went strictly to the, uh, to the stunt and to Chris Hemsworth. And I think my justification for a lightweight is, for my other two films, I tried to base it more off the gross and how much money the movie made rather than the budget, because I don't think it's possible to make a truly great action movie, uh, Hardcore Henry aside, for anything less than about $10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially being a straight-to-streaming ser- or a movie, there's no data for the gross on this film, which to me makes it seem a little bit closer for the lightweight category. And I mean, neither of us have even heard about it outside yeah. of I did see the behind-the-scenes footage for that car chase, but 
Um, so I, I'm not upset with you putting it in lightweight. I just feel like, personally, arguing for myself here, to me, to me, Hardcore Henry is the obvious pick out of these three. Come on, guys. A $2, I, billion, I dollar, <laughs> a $2 billion budget, and it's actually fun, dumb, and, like, thrilling. I think, uh, and I can't, you know, no offense to Extraction, I haven't seen it, but I yeah. think what they do with that budget and how unique the movie is, there's no way that it can lose to either of these two. I fucking hate you, but you're right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> damn it, man, you're right. Yeah, like if I had to vote off the top of my head right now, I would go um, fucking, oh, wow, what, Mark, what was Hardcore your Henry. Yeah, so, yeah, wow. I would go Hardcore Henry, then Extraction, then Tropic Thunder. I think that's the right order. Give me the sweep, baby. All right. Damn it. Oh, that's <laughs> I I man, that's Hardcore Henry such a great pick. I really forgot about that movie. I even saw it in theaters, dude. I think it's uh I did not see it. I can't I bet it was really sweet in theaters. Uh Oh, it was wild. Yeah. I was sick for about 20 minutes after, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Watching it on Netflix was still like relatively nauseating in a really enjoyable yeah. way. It was like being on one of those like theme park rides where the seats like wiggle around and stuff like that <laughs> they didn't do it's like the 3d ride at universal what's up uh no they were at least not in the theater it was like what when was the movie released i want to say it was like 2016 maybe it was, I think it was uh, 2015 you're close 2015 okay mm -hmm. so yeah i i remember i was still in tuscaloosa at the time um and it was like right after the 3d fad it ended yeah <laughs> uh rolling into middleweight uh who wants to start us off i could go Right. So, so honestly, this one, this, this movie belongs to a franchise that I think just when I think dumb, fun action movies, maybe not just, okay, maybe just dumb. Maybe if, if you ask me, what's a dumb action movie series, I would tell you Fast and the Furious and which oh, one does no. it best is Fast and the Furious 7. Which one is that? So hard to tell because there's so many and I, it's hard to tell the differences between them. But <laughs> this one is, uh... <laughs> Furious 7 is the one that I think it came out maybe 2015, I want to say. Um, has all of you know the usual suspects, Vin Diesel, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, um, everyone else that's in all of the other movies. Uh, but honestly, like I said, it, in a series that already is kind of like known for doing like over-the-top kind of action stuff... This one like really takes the cake and like I feel like this is when they stopped giving a fuck entirely and they were like let's just do the most crazy fun shit we could possibly do. Like this is the one where they jump a supercar in between two towers uh in, and they, like it goes straight out of one tower and then into the other one. It's they put that in the trailer so <laughs> uh of course and then what what else is there? They oh it's also the one where a car jumps right out of oh several cars parachute right out of a, an airplane an airplane and fucking land in the jungles and then start driving instantly it's, it's also just, don't don't forget about vin diesel completely collapsing a parking structure with his foot oh my <laughs> god this was that movie that happened this was that, that happened yeah yeah I, I swear i we might have actually seen this movie in theaters together or something i remember like i think when, it's possible what, what like i when like the theater laughed when that happened like it was yeah. crazy um so yeah so this one's my pick it's just it, yeah, like I said, over the top in an already over the top series. It's a good, this is it's a uh, great pick. also the send off for Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah. It's a good pick. Um, uh, just a quick question, because uh, I'm not super familiar with the franchise. When did it become from drag race? When did it go from drag racing to nonsense? Like at what point? Fast in this, five. Fast five. Okay. Fast five was the turning point. Um, um and why is this a I, middleweight, Punya? Because just like broad strokes for me if i were to just you know shoot a dartboard oh, yeah. i would put this in heavyweight i feel like yeah oh yeah totally this one is a hard one because again like i said i felt like i was only finding big big budget movies for this so i was kind of struggling to differentiate them the only reason i put this in middle is because my heavyweight has a bigger budget by okay. like 100 million or okay. totally or fair totally fair. i don't know yeah something like that totally. guys I, I i have a confession what's that uh, I've seen every single Fast and Furious movie, and I fucking love them. It's one of my favorite franchises ever. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I absolutely love Fast and Furious. It's one of my favorites. Well, and I think. Um, and I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you can bet your ass that I was tearing up at the end of this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, and and that's not to say that there aren't good movie elements to it. It's just this one. It like 
it checks all of the boxes. It doesn't just check all of the boxes of a dumb action movie. It like fills them the fuck in and circles them. So, <laughs> yeah. well, and that's the thing. Like we were talking about earlier, this movie doesn't have any pretense of being incredible. I feel like mm-hmm. they leaned mm-hmm. they leaned into hey, let's make the absolute most ridiculous movie with The Rock and Vin Diesel, and we'll just like ride that out and it works yep. i mean like people like it and it's fun and it's big and there's nothing wrong with that they're, you know people talk a lot of shit on this series they're like oh that's the death of cinema or whatever you know snobby <laughs> people but it's a fun movie series and there's nothing wrong with people enjoying fun i mean my heavyweight is my like number three top movie of all time and it's stupid as hell you know like yeah. there's nothing <laughs> wrong with liking a fun movie and i think that people oh totally think- and, and and you'll see as i say what my heavyweight is it, it's one that people groan at so it's like everyone's got different picks and it's like this one is yeah. just trying to be a fun movie and yeah if it's not taking itself too seriously then yeah what's the harm yeah i like the pick you mentioned The Rock. One thing to note about this movie, though, he does spend majority of the movie in a fucking massive cast that he then proceeds to break out with one hand, and it's one of the coolest things that's ever happened in the Fast <laughs> See, it's stuff like that that I'm talking about. I, I forgot yeah. about that moment, too. Oh, yeah. No, I have... Um, you know how, like, Sherlock can put clues together with his mind? I can do that with Fast and Furious plots. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what i'm I'm gonna roll into mine real quick okay yeah go for it man i want to read you guys the short little synopsis that i wrote down for this film and i want you all to try to tell me what this movie is (laughs) fun game it's about a former cop turned street racer turned back into fbi narc info uh, sorry turned back into fbi narc infiltrates a miami drug lord's operation the only way they know how with fucking fast cars and shit what movie am I talking about? Is this about? not Fast and Furious? Mark? I have no idea. Too Fast, Too Furious, baby! <laughs> Ooh, okay, the okay. best of the Fast and Furious! <laughs> uh, this is a hill I will die on. This is the dumbest and most fun of the Fast and Furious franchise. This was before they knew what they were going to do with this series. After Fast Five, it becomes a completely different series where the street racing is not an element at all. They become superheroes by the time Fast Five hits, and they're fucking dragging a massive-ass safe down the middle of a Brazilian road. Like, that is not what Too Fast, Too Furious is. Too Fast, Too Furious is Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, and Eva Mendes driving around Miami, hitting NOS and shit, and breaking up a drug lord's operation. It is incredible. There is nothing wrong with this movie ever. And the best part about this movie. So here's my favorite part about this. Uh, A little bit of context. It was directed by John Singleton, written by Michael Brandt and Derek Haas. Released in 2003 for a $76 million budget, it grossed about $127 million. So not really a huge success necessarily. Um, the best part about this movie and what I love is they introduce a who becomes a recurrent character in the series, which is Ludacris. I believe his character's name is Chris something. Let me... Da, da, ba, uh, Tej is his name, uh, a.k.a. Chris. So... What is fascinating about this movie is he plays a character who's a street racer in Miami. Yet, in one of the parts, one of the scenes in this movie, there is a ludicrous song playing on the radio. Which brings into question, who is this ludicrous that is playing on the radio? Is this the same person that is an FBI narc trying to infiltrate the street gang? Which also brings into question, if it's not the same person and it's different people, does that mean the new ludicrous has the exact same voice and style as the ludicrous in the movie? If it's is this like a Hannah Montana situation? What's going on here? There's a lot of layers to peel back with this whole ludicrous paradox. Parker, Asking the questions you. that no one knew they needed to ask. I hate Parker so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, too fast, too furious. This movie is stupid. It is really, really fun. And you just you can't help but smile when you watch the cars go underneath an 18 wheeler. Like it is it is before it's before the movies got so ridiculous that they felt like they were a Marvel knockoff when they still felt like the Fast and the Furious before it becomes furious, before it becomes fate with an eight instead of the rest of fate. Like, yeah, because too fast, too furious with twos is way better than f8 it's so much better you're totally right there's nothing wrong with that let me ask you let me ask you a question so what fast and furious which Uh number movie is that that's the first one 
No, that's the fourth one. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, is it really? Yeah. So the fact that they named it Too Fast, Too Furious is genius. You know exactly which movie this is. You know it's the second one made. Quick question. Which one was Tokyo Drift? That was third. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I know that because that's my favorite one is Tokyo Drift. Wait. Tokyo Drift, I think, was probably an equal pick because that movie, especially the main character's accent, is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, so what was the first so, yes, one? This is my pick, Too Fast, Too Furious. I believe it was just called Fast and Furious. And then the fourth one was The Fast and Furious. Uh, Let me look it up. I, I was like, am I just hearing this wrong? I'm not seeing any difference. Okay, cool. There we go. I, I My brain turned off, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how to compare because obviously between your two, they're the same series. One is leaning really hard into the ultra ridiculous, and one is there a little more accidentally. And I don't know which one is better for which reason. Yeah, um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask Parker, are you? Would you put this one above? Uh, fast seven or what fast and furious seven because it's because it's like not trying to be over the top but still being like a really fun action movie it is a good bad movie that's just all it is it is a bad movie there's no question about that the early fast and furiouses are not great but they are so much fucking fun and because they're not great and they're treating it like it is the most serious thing ever it really lends to this kind of dramatic irony for the watcher, which just makes it so much more fun to watch. Okay. And for clarification, the, uh, the original Fast and Furious released in 2001 was called The Fast and Furious. The 2009 Fast and Furious is just called Fast and Furious, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 4. Mm. So the fact that they named it Too Fast, Too Furious is to the movie's benefit, not detriment. Yeah. So and it's incredible. What is the next one going to be called? Uh, F9. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yep. Might as yep. well. Why not? Just F nine. I I hope that for the tenth one they just call it ten. <laughs> <laughs> They're like you know, what? it's just ten. When are they going to space? I believe that either the next one or the one after. Vin Diesel did say something about them going to space. Oh my god! Hang on, let me look this up. I just want them all to get DeLoreans and we get Fast and Furious back in like eight, the, in the Wild West and they're all in like <laughs> horses, but the horses are like have racing stripes and stuff like that. I think there, there's unlimited directions for them to go with the series, I think. Fast and Furious actor Michelle Rodriguez has confirmed what her co-star Ludacris only hinted at a few months ago. The franchise is heading to space and it's oh, going to happen man. sooner than you thought. Fast and Furious 9, due out in 2021, will send the characters into space, baby! Oh, so they're going to do it in 9. Wow. Apollo 13, let's go! <laughs> oh my god. All right, so that, yeah, maybe we'll have to just pick that early. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the dumb fun movie. <laughs> So that is Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, Mark, you want to follow that? Not particularly, <laughs> but I'll give it my best shot. Um, so, Taken came out, and people love Taken. You take Liam Neeson, he's not necessarily an action star, and it's him and, like, you know, tracking down, killing bad guys. After Taken came out, there were a lot of what I want to call Taken copycats. There was, you know, mm -hmm. taken on a boat. There was taken on a plane nonstop, uh, which was really bad. I want to focus on nonstop for a second. It's taken on a plane. Original concept, right? No. No, it's not. Because back in the 90s, oh. there was a lot of cultural touchstones that were introduced. Grunge, you know, um, mm. Polly Pocket, um, Pokemon, <laughs> um, you know, this kind of stuff. The best cultural touchstone from the 90s was Nick Cage as an action star for some fucking reason. And the best movie of those is either one, Face Off, which I considered doing, but I think is not as dumb as fucking Con Air, baby. All right. Yeah. We got Nick Cage as an action star on a plane fighting convicts that take over the plane. That's the whole plot. That's the whole thing. Okay, and it's ridiculous. Nick Cage should not carry an action movie, but it works for some reason because it's one of like a Nick Cage, you know, he has the off on off on thing and he's on in this movie. He's fully into it and he's he's working for that paycheck and it stars uh, it's Nick Cage, John Malkovich and Joan Cusack. 
Um, and it's just John Cusack. Sorry, Joan Cusack. It's just fucking ridiculous, man. It's uh, it's this era, this Nick Cage era, where first he was the biggest star on the planet, um, and he was just milking that for every ounce that he could. Um, and the, you can't really dissect this movie. Um, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not as into this as you are in Fast and Furious, but I think that just the fact that everyone has heard of this movie, everyone knows of long hair, gorgeous, wife beater wearing Nicolas Cage fighting bad guys. Incredible. Uh, you know, it, it gets you going <laughs> in all the right places and it scratches that itch for ridiculous movie. It's on a budget of seventy five million and it pulled in about a hundred million. Um so you know not crazy successful but then worldwide it hits 224 baby all right nicholas cage <laughs> has international appeal and uh yeah that's my pick honestly so you okay you were saying that it's it's like a movie that like people like identify Nic- nicholas cage from i honestly had never heard of it and i looked up like a, like pictures of it and oh my god just this poster i i can't I can see why you picked it for a dumb fun movie. I like I can't even take this poster seriously. It's just the best part. One of the best posters. The best and, part and like, about the poster is that their names are not above the right person. Oh my god! No, I was just <laughs> I was just super bothered by that. <laughs> right? Like, like they have different ones where they they move them around, but they're none of them are right. None of them are right. But also, like every single picture that I see of Nick Cage in this is like absolutely this guy is milking it. Like he is like it just he looks so out of place at least it's just it's just crazy for me to imagine him in in this kind of role now having seen him only in like later movies so yeah and it's got like an ensemble cast of stuff like uh, you know obviously there's the big ones but then there's dave chappelle is hanging out and you know steve buscemi and danny trejo like are just kind (laughs) of around and in the movie and they have like little scenes and then they die or whatever um just this movie is basically a someone going taking like stars taking stars and plot devices out of a bucket and throwing it at a wall and then arranging that into a script and (laughs) it's ridiculous and fun you know yeah no uh john malkovich's cyrus the virus is one of the best (laughs) just overacting performances he's ever given but he's so much fun to watch like you buy it the whole time I also think uh, uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie is uh, Vin Rams mm-hmm. as uh, Diamond Dog. Yeah. Oh man, he's so he's so good. I love Vin Rams. Whenever he pops up in anything, I'm just like, ooh, nice to see you again, Vin. <laughs> Vinny boy. Uh, man, this movie this movie's so good. Um, put the bunny down might be one of the stupidest like one-liners in movie history, but it also works within the context of the film. I would say my my only knock against this movie really is. Like you said, with them kind of pulling the script out of a bucket, it's like someone went to a pitch meeting and goes, all right, guys, die hard on a plane with criminals. And then everyone gets up and starts applauding. (laughs) Nick Cage walks through the door. He already has the haircut for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just this movie shouldn't exist. And I love the fact that it does. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sitting here and I'm glad I picked this movie. I wish I had picked snakes on a plane. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about snakes on a plane. Oh my god. Because they're trying to be serious with that movie, aren't they? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Holy shit, that would have been a much better pick. Oh uh, my god, I'm mad at myself now. Okay. You guys want to vote? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can uh I'll kick us off. I'm gonna go with Too Fast, then Con Air, then uh Furious Seven, Fast Seven, whatever the hell it is. Only because I think the fact that we have two Fast and Furious movies and two that are so wildly different apart from each other, I'm going with the one that I enjoy more, which is the older style than the newer style. Um, and then Con Air Man, it's just, it's incredible. I think it's, it's just so much fun. And I would almost argue that this movie's smarter than it's presenting. <laughs> but that's, I think that's, that's, a, that's an argument for a different episode. Yeah, I'd have to give it. I'd have to give these movies the same ranking. I would go Too Fast first, then Con Air, then Fast Seven. Only because, like you said, it's like the with the Too Fast and Furious movies, Too Fast is the one that is the better movie. It's like not trying too hard. It's like not way too much. Yeah, so I give it that. 
And then Conair, I haven't even seen it, but just from like from what you're describing and what I'm seeing, I I can see why it's like the poster alone. Exactly, the poster alone deserves second place. Yeah, I (laughs) am upset because I don't particularly care about the Fast and Furious franchise, but I have to give it to Parker for that passionate plea he gave for Too Fast. (laughs) That I need to win one. He, I'm giving Parker the sweep on too fast even though i think conair is a better fit because that was that came from the heart man that was from deep <laughs> inside you. um so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it the same ranking nice. we are all in agreement so far this episode sweet oh love to hear that go for it cool. uh, kick off heavyweight i can start i can yeah go ahead mark you kind of teased it last episode that yeah. this is one of your favorites right it is without a doubt one of my favorites since the dawn of time, what if humans? Oh, what if humans liked? What gets us going? Sex. Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> we like sex, and we like seeing stuff beat up other stuff. The Roman gladiators. Okay, you know we got boxing, and we got Pacific fucking rim. We got giant. <laughs> Robots punching aliens, slicing them in half. We got some <laughs> ridiculous sci-fi. We got no plot, basically. We got just... I'm going to back up for a second. What makes this movie good is it's not a good plot. It's not, you know, necessarily a good script. But Guillermo del Toro is the director. And one thing he does better than anyone is monster design and grounding stuff. So, yeah, this isn't a movie about mm-hmm. a lady you know, banging a fish. This isn't a movie. It's not a foreign language film like Pan's Labyrinth. But what it has is all of the monsters look unique and interesting. And what really sets this movie apart for me is the scale. You feel like these are giant robots. You feel like these are giant monsters. And the weight when they fight, you know, they kind of they have weight as they move. And it feels good when they're fighting. You know, the destruction feels, you know, realistic. And at one point, he smacks a monster with a fucking skyscraper and, like, all this shit. You know, you have Benicio Del Toro in an excellent guest spot. Um, And what's great about this movie is actually there's a sequel to it, Pacific Rim Uprising. And you watch Pacific Rim Uprising and everything, exactly, everything wrong with that movie the robots have no weight. They're jumping everywhere. It feels more like an anime. You know, they're all over the place. Whereas this one, I don't want to say it's grounded in reality because it's absolutely not. But it feels semi-realistic in the action and the destruction. And it it really, I don't want to say it puts you in there, but the it feels right, you know? And there's nothing better than a good popcorn flick, man. And this, to me, is the ultimate popcorn flick the ultimate action movie and i just fucking adore this movie i'm blanking who did benicio play in this film he is the person who sells um the like alien skulls and stuff no 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 that's ron perlman bro i'm a dumb i got del toro i got del toro and Mm -hmm. i got Hellboy mixed up in, in yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's that's one hundred percent wrong. Perlman, yeah. God, he's so he chews scenes. Yeah, yeah, there are the two scenes he's in. Um, Charlie Day, excellent performance he, as well. Oh you yeah, know, fucking was just about to mention him. They basically take the episode of Always Sunny where he's freaking out about the mailroom and turn it into a whole <laughs> character. You know, <laughs> I I saw this movie uh, in theaters and specifically in uh, the D box theater, which is. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, outside of Austin, but at least in Austin, there are these seats that they move according to the camera work within the film. So it really makes you feel like you're a part of these China space battles or sorry, mech battles. Um, it made me like the movie 10 times more than I did. Uh, the plot is nonsense. You're right. You shouldn't watch this movie <laughs> for the plot. And there's this movie has such a weird tone to it because you're watching these giant monsters and robots destroy the city. And they have enough time to pause on a slight little joke of a monster punching through an entire building, but pausing at just the right time to hit a Newton's cradle. (laughs) Like, there are so many weird little moments like that within this film. And I don't even want to get into uh, the sword, because the sword is just (laughs) so ridiculous and comes out of nowhere. Um, 
But yeah, this, this is such a great movie. I love Idris Elba in this too. Mm-hmm. He is just like hamming it up full time. His speech towards the end of the film about canceling the apocalypse, it still gets me going. I love that. It, it's up there with Independence Day in terms of like, you know, like movie uh, speeches, uh, action movie speeches, I think. Um, yeah. I, couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, that's a really great pick. I, yeah. I do. And I, and I do think the fact that the sequel was such poo-poo doo-doo it really does help the first one and kind of making it like when you watch it it you don't have to watch it through rose tinted glasses because you've seen what a movie like that is like under a less competent director yeah absolutely and i think it's it's not obviously guillermo's most artistic work but the elements that he brings really really augment i think uh something that could have just been an action movie um to something more enjoyable like the, like you're saying those little moments uh that are sprinkled throughout that are a little funnier like a little almost like take you out of it the thing with yeah. an action movie is you could, doesn't matter if you're taken out of it you know you don't need to be completely immersed within the movie because it's a dumb action movie and you're watching stuff punch each other to me pacific mm-hmm. rim is what we want godzilla to be <laughs> I see that. Ooh, that's a good take. Yeah, it's like I a like modern retelling of that type of, of that type of thing, like a reboot without being a reboot. Yeah, like the 2014 Godzilla. Every single time the monster is about to fight each other, they cut away. Just you know, cut in Pacific Rim instead, and it, it makes <laughs> Godzilla 2014 20 times better. Those Godzilla movies are so strange to me because the first one, yeah, you're right. It's like, hey, we just want to see a little bit more Godzilla, and the second one, they're like, oh, you want to see more Godzilla? All right, fucking bet. And it's just like nonstop Godzilla, and at a certain point, you're just like, why? Why am I watching this? I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care that Eleven's in danger. I don't care that Coach from Friday Night Lights is in danger. <laughs> these aren't characters; like, they're just people. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the first one, at least, like. It was a huge bait and switch, but Brian Cranston's death—you at least feel something. And people were you know? people were so angry about that bait and switch, but I respect anybody that has the balls to do that kind of thing. You know, you yeah. take your highest profile actor, you murder him within twenty minutes. You know, <laughs> it, it adds—it doesn't pay off because the stakes don't matter, uh-uh. but it adds stakes <laughs> to the rest of the movie. You know, it's like anyone really could die, even though they don't. Yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah. Um, Pune, you mind if I go next? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, man, mine might be a little bit controversial here, but when I mention the name Zack Snyder, what comes to mind? Yeah, that's I exactly say what that. I'm talking about. <laughs> I fucking love 300, man. And I think Zack Snyder's style is inherently flawed, but this is a movie that was built perfectly for his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that haven't seen it or don't, aren't really as familiar with Schneider's style, he really loves cutting in between slow motion and speeding up the frames to make everything feel a little bit quicker. And in movies like Batman v Superman and Sucker Punch and Watchmen to a lesser extent, that sort of fighting style and that sort of directing style really just is at odds with the story that he's trying to tell. What works so well about 300 is who gives a fuck what the story is, dude? You're just trying to watch these Persian army and Xerxes get got. Like, that's all that you care about while watching that film. And it's like, yeah, I mean, Gerard Butler, you're, you're an actor. You're in the movie. Congrats on you. Um, I always forget that Michael Fassbender is in like a very small role in this movie, too, before he uh, really broke through. And man, it's just... It's 300, man. There's not really a whole lot to say about it other than the fact that it is a bona fide classic. I would say it is probably Snyder's best work by Mm -hmm. by a wide margin. And I think that lends itself mainly in just the bare bones story. Really, what do you remember from 300? You remember the battle scenes against the Persian and you remember the Spartan kick. And the Spartan (laughs) kick is without a doubt one of the most iconic moments from action movies in the 2000s 100 yeah, no that's no like denying. that's like the newest version of like luke i am your father like <laughs> yeah that's, yeah absolutely. i don't know about that one I well uh, no i get i get i'm not saying it's it's better like or more significant than that but it's like that type of like thing that resonates and then ends up being like parodied and like carried mm-hmm. through other no, things. exactly yeah as like a cultural line that everyone yes. knows so, yeah. yeah i get exactly what you're saying Punyan. that's absolutely correct um 
two things for this movie. One is jumping off the Zack Snyder point is I think the best description of Zack Snyder's directorial style is like, what if a comic book was a movie? And I think <laughs> that um, uh-huh. that's why this movie works so well is because it takes that action of comic books kind of style and turns it into a movie and people saw that and that's why he got you know he got watchmen he got mm-hmm. sucker punch and he got the thing is that comic book movies have kind of moved away from being comic books you know they're more yep. just broad action movies and that's why this style doesn't translate so well to his later films but he nails it in 300 um he 100%. absolutely nails it However, I will never forgive this movie because it gave us Meet the Spartans, which is the biggest pile of dog shit of a movie I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man, you can't. That's such a lame-ass argument. What do you mean? Was that, Just was that because the, was it inspired a shitty That's parody, parody movie. Now, listen, no, I'm not saying you... I'm voting against it for that That's reason. I'm not saying oh, I'm voting dude. against it for that reason. I just wanted to bring up how dog shit Meet the Spartans is. That just... I agree. Meet the Spartans is dog shit, but all of those movies outside of maybe the original scary movie, and that one's even a little bit of a stretch, are all dog shit, but they're not supposed to be good. They're supposed to be made for cheap and appeal to a mass audience, which they do. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not using that as a knock against 300 at all. It's just... Uh, well, it sounds like you're attacking my character, and I feel the fuck. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this is a... Uh... This is a great pick. I didn't think about it at all. Um, yeah. And and the action in this is choreographed and shot well, incredibly yeah. well. And uh, you know, it's I don't have any knocks against it. For me, it does come below Pacific Rim. There's nothing I feel like, unless Punya really blows me away here, that I'm going to put above Pacific Rim. But this is uh-huh. an excellent pick. Yeah, I agree. You want to go ahead, Punya? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so like I mentioned earlier, this is one that. With some people, when you bring it up, it just, like, brings up groans. But I fucking love this series, and I love this movie. It, this one, it's kind of an interesting one because it's... I'm counting mostly this one movie, but also a little bit its sequel because they're related. It's Pirates of the Caribbean 2, uh, Dead Man's Chest. Oh, shit, uh, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and to go with that, it's... I'm talking about Pirates of the Caribbean 2 along with Pirates of the Caribbean 3, which was at World's End... Only because they, I know they were filmed together. They were, the stories were written together. They were kind of like intended to be two back-to-back movies and kind of like one continuous plot, which is why mm. I do see it as like one, one kind of saga. But if I had to consider it as only one movie, then I would pick uh, Pirates 2. No, I this think one, I, I think I'll allow, uh, not I'll allow, but I think I would agree with you that you can consider these together because you can watch the second one by itself without watching the first or the third but you cannot watch the third without watching the second 100 yeah exactly it's it's the continuation of the same story um and it's like i said it's they wrote it all as kind of one plot yeah uh so it's just it's crazy like a lot of people don't like pirates of the caribbean and definitely they got worse and worse with each progressive one that came out yeah uh but Aside from like the obvious things like Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom and uh, Keira Knightley's like great performances, it's just such a fun mo- like series of movies and just parts of the Caribbean too. I think does a great job of it of like taking you on an adventure. I think this mm-hmm. yeah this movie does such a good job of taking you on an adventure more than a lot of action movies do uh, in terms of just taking you through these different places, taking you through these different kind of like feelings like of uh, like there are some that are just like outright action where it's like just fight scenes, um, which is still like kind of, it's different because it's like pirate times kind of fight scenes uh, and like sometimes with mm-hmm. ships, so it's like unique. Uh, but then also just having like genuinely funny moments, having some moments that are dramatic and serious. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the dumb fun part of it. I, I have to mention some of the like crazy stuff that they do in it. Uh, I love mm-hmm. the, the scene where they're uh, escaping from all of the cannibals, just so over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, the the yep. whole process that you go through seeing like Johnny Depp like run away from them and try not to get captured it's just like a cartoon running through real world um <laughs> f- uh what they t- sneaking into Davy Jones ship that's like another great like um there's just like a lot lot going on there in terms of like dramatic acting uh the fight on the water mill oh that's yeah, yeah the yeah, fight on the water right. wheel is the fucking awesome yeah uh, so, Punya, my thing with this, and maybe this is my personal opinion, I don't groan when you bring up this movie. I don't think this fits Fun Dumb. I genuinely think this is a really good movie. 
Okay. Okay. I, 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 I got to push back on you. I would say if you're, if you're giving us Curse of the Black Pearl, I would say, yes, Mark, your point stands. I think by this point in the film, they kind of, they leaned into something that becomes more of an issue and more persistent as the films come on later, which is making Jack Sparrow into the main character instead of just a side character and like hmm. sort of the comic relief. Once he becomes the main character, and it's more apparent in the second, especially, oh, yeah. um, I think the films become a little bit more into the dumb fun vein. I also think they get worse, but I, I think as soon as Jack sort of becomes the main the main star he's the reason that people were going to see those movies so of course disney leaned into it but i think it's to the movie's detriment mm -hmm. i and agree yeah I, I haven't rewatched it recently but this was my favorite like i i always hear that black pearl is the best movie but you know when i was a kid and maybe this does prove the point that it is a fun dumb because kids love fun dumb but this <laughs> exactly. was, dead man's chest was my favorite i love dead man's chest um and i enjoyed it a lot and uh total side tangent here uh, this is a conversation I had with a friend earlier this week, actually, is uh -huh. for some reason, when people are talking about, you know, the islands, you know, they say Caribbean, but when they talk about this movie series, they only say Caribbean and everyone does it. And I don't know oh, why. Weird. Yeah. Everyone I, says. Maybe never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just like in the marketing for it. And it's like and the parts of the Caribbean three. <laughs> we got to blow this lid open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somehow <laughs> this relates back to Johnny Depp. <laughs> I don't know how, but somehow this does. This is a conspiracy. We just waltzed into boys. Uh, I, I'm torn. I'm really torn. Cause I do love this movie a lot. And I, but I, I want it to be good. I want it to be good, but it's <laughs> going off know. of a, Going off of something you said earlier, though, I, I thought this was my least favorite of the bunch when I saw them as a kid. Um, and uh, I, I'll be fully open and honest. Uh, a lot of that is to just kind of like nostalgia bias. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the original, and Elf were two of the only DVDs my grandparents had at their house. So <laughs> I have seen both of those films so many times. It's not even funny. Um, I really think that... Man, I just, this is such an interesting pick to me because I think grouping them together, it does make it seem a little bit more in the dumb fun vein. Man, I just, uh, I, I don't know. Again, I, just, I, to, I, I just, to, just to go into like, there, this movie does something that I appreciated about Tropic Thunder too, which is that they turn, they like make some of the action funny in that like they'll have scenes where like a cannon will blow through the right spot in a ship and it'll be like really funny because it's like next to the like this person yeah. like freaks out or the yeah so it, it's it's like they use it as comic relief which i like i guess one one thing to bring up with this movie do y'all feel like the inclusion of the horror elements involved in the kraken kind of plays back a little bit to this dumb fun idea because i mean it's not scary at all today but as a kid the kraken fucking terrified me bro i didn't mm -hmm. want to go out on the open ocean fuck that shit well, I, actually didn't I, think, th I didn't think about the the horror angle of it actually that's interesting i think that and this is you know kind of something that's pushing me away from putting it into a dumb fun category is if you're going to put a full genre on this, it's 100% adventure. It's, it is an action adventure for I'd sure, agree. but it's an adventure movie. It's, you know, in the vein of, uh, you know, uh, the Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones the money, right. that okay. kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it, it is an action movie, 100%. There's major set pieces, you know, like every 10 minutes. Um, and, oh, man, Punya, you're really making me think here. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's these are you you came with some really interesting picks this week. Cool. Like I never really considered any of the Pirates of the Caribbean for this. I, I honestly never did. Yeah. Or sorry, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I'm not gonna conform. It's the it's the it's the Caribbean. <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> hey y'all, we're going to see that new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> Um, do you guys uh, want to discuss you, uh, a bit more? Or you just want to go right into votes. I'm, I'm down to vote. I think now. I have my list. I think I have my list. Okay, go ahead. Start us yeah. off then. I think I'm gonna go order presented. I'm gonna go Pacific Rim 300, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I do really love the Pirates pick. For me, at least, I can turn my brain off and have a lot more fun watching the first two picks more than I can the Pirates of the Caribbean because I think something 
to keep in mind with the Pirates of the Caribbean, especially the second and third one, is, man, that plot is fucking bonkers. Like, there's a ton of wild and random-ass shit that happens in that movie that if you're really not paying attention, that shit comes out of left field. Like, that one, the one girl that fucking grows to the size of, like, a big-ass building. Like, if you're not paying attention, that shit comes out of left fucking field. So I think the fact that you can really watch Pacific Rim or 300 and utterly and entirely turn your brain off and still have a great time lends to it being a little bit more in the dumb fun action category for me. Okay. It's a fair it's a fair comparison there. Punya? I would go I would go personally Pacific Rim, Pirates of the Caribbean, and then 300. Only because I actually always saw 300 as a more serious action movie and it's only now that I'm kind of considering it as a dumb fun one because I I felt like it took itself very seriously when I watched and it I, even if it is going into like super crazy over the top uh, action scenes. And I think Punya I agree with you there and I think a reason for that is we probably when was the last time you watched 300? Probably like years ago. Exactly. We were younger. Like yeah. same same for me and you know when you're younger every movie is a serious movie almost and i i i, I think i went through the exact same thought process as you where when i was and it, it's so graphic when you're a kid as well 300 uh-huh. is yeah. that it's like this is serious when you know it's really not it's just kind of gratuitous violence okay um, yeah. yeah and but, it, i mean it's fairly tame for today's standards especially yeah and i really think Having Zack Snyder sort of define his style over the next couple of years, watching 300 now is really interesting to kind of see where it all started. So I'm going to go for third place. I'm going to put Pirates of the Caribbean just because I really do think this would fit better in just a straight action or a straight adventure. I do think this is a bit okay. more serious. And I think Parker's point about the plot whether or not you think it's a good plot, it does require some thought and some attention, and I think that does mm-hmm. remove it from the fun done category. Oh, it's, for sure. Yeah, because actually, now that you mentioned it too, there definitely are some complex parts that I even missed like the first couple times I watched it. Like the whole backstory with the East India Trading Company, that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. yeah, you're not going to pay attention to that if if you're just watching for an action movie. So Yeah. If you're just wanting an action movie, it's like, wow, fun, pirates, that lady is really tall. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it really does come out of nowhere and they do set it up if you're if you're paying attention like i'm not gonna knock the movie for that i am gonna knock it for having such a complex narrative in really what is just kind of uh, what should be a dumb fun action movie totally yeah it's pretty dense story wise and i think the thought there is disney wanted to i get major i don't want to say lord of the rings vibes but that's kind of (laughs) i feel like the mythos they were going for there yeah if that makes sense yeah um so I'm going to put that third, I'm going to put 300 second, and I'm going to give myself another sweep with Pacific Rim. It's a great nice. pick. Yeah. I, I love Pacific Rim. It's it, it really, I think, is like the epitome of this category. It is. Yeah. I can't think of one that deserves the heavyweight champion title more. And if this. I hadn't literally called it, then I feel like either of you would have picked it like this is just yeah. this is this is. it was definitely on my on my list i i would want to also give an honorable mention one that i really struggled with between 300 was a uh, commando i love commando and that movie is just pure adrenaline pure fun and you don't you don't need to watch commando with any eye of legitimacy or critique you can just sit back and watch arnold kill a bunch of dudes yeah um <laughs> Just oh, to, and to that to that Go point, ahead. actually, now that we voted, I wanted to give an honorable mention, just because because while we're talking about dumb action movies, I I I would be remiss if I did not mention a Bollywood dumb action movie because I grew up watching yeah. a lot of Bollywood movies, and uh, honestly, it's like as as much as you can have dumb action movie, dumb fun action movies in America, it's like so many Bollywood movies seem to be like parodies of of American movies, but they have to do it one more. And this movie called Thum, spelled D-H-O-O-M, is just, it's like, it's, uh, I mean, you, it's like one of the highest grossing, like, Bollywood movies, but it's, it, it's like, it's like the action movie with, like, it's got the most crazy over-the-top shit of, like, um, it's these two cops trying to chase down this, like, criminal gang, but, like, they, it's two of the nerdiest looking guys you've ever seen turning out to just, like, look like crazy badasses doing flips and doing dances and shit, just... An honorable mention there to to Zoom, yeah. D H O O M. I'm looking at it yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, just on terms of like talking about Bollywood action, I I don't know any Bollywood movies, but 
I, I have you guys seen the clip of the one where you know it's like the guy replicating himself he looks like a you know like an indian terminator mm-hmm. basically like oh yeah, yeah i have seen that no yeah. it's, it's like it's stuff like that it's like you've you've maybe like people have maybe seen like clips from bollywood action scenes where it's like someone will like hit someone with a stick and they'll go like fly backwards 100 feet and like hit a car and the car will explode shit like that it's just so much fun to watch you i don't know if people actually take them seriously i don't think they do but yeah, just uh, just fun to watch. It's like you don't even need to turn the subtitles on. Just watch it with pure action, and it'll still be enjoyable. I love uh, it. The Corridor Crew has a really great VFX breakdown of uh, a couple Bollywood films oh. and oh. just how insane they are. I highly recommend watching. I'm gonna have to check that out. They're so much fun. Uh, just to run down the winners for the week, real quick, we got uh, yeah. Hardcore Henry. As the lightweight, dumb, fun action movie. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. A lot of people haven't. Mm-hmm. It's a really good ride. Uh, we got Too Fast, Too Furious, um, which is Parker's baby, apparently. Um, yeah, baby. Uh, that's the middleweight. And we got Pacific Rim coming in at the heavyweight. Um, so, Parker, nice. what are we doing next week? So, for next week's episode, we're going to be talking about cult classic films, um, which I'm really excited for. Uh being someone that really kind of grew up on on indie films, it, it is some. It, it's a category that I hold near and dear to my heart, um, and I'm really interested to see if we have movies that we differ on whether or not they're cult classics or not, and how we each individually define a cult classic. Um, I mean, I'm really excited for the next episode. And I want uh, for the next episode, I'm going to challenge you guys to try to pick a recent movie that you think will become a cult classic as one of your picks. Mm. Ooh, I like that. We'll yeah. do that as a separate segment. Yeah. Um, and- do you want to do that like uh, on the to start the show? Yeah, we can we can open up with that. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna say again. Go ahead and leave five stars. Write a review. Send at Merk J M A E R K J on Twitter a screenshot of your five star review, and I will write you a haiku. Um, please tell your friends about the episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're we're looking r- really good, honestly, right now. We're I'm in ecstatic with uh, you know the support that we've gotten, and I appreciate you guys a lot for that. And I hope you have a great week and a week after that, and then we'll see you then. Yeah, yeah. thanks for joining us, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Get on it.